Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the premier podcast in the world bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free your mind. Everybody, welcome to Mind Shock. Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the show that will take you to the outer limits of your mind and to the inner limits, the true final frontier. Our theme for this show is Evolution of the Supermind. I began working at NASA at 17 years old, as all you folks know, where we put people in space, which back then we called the final frontier. But at 19 years old at NASA, I discovered an entirely new theory that if the mind is an energy field, that transcends the physical brain, we're talking about a totally different world. And the true final frontier is inner space, the exploration of the true powers of mind. Our mission is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. Think about that, the outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is supermind, superbody, super spirit. In today's chaotic world, there's a revolution sweeping the globe about who we are and what we are doing here. A mind revolution is changing everything. Whole new theories of mind that turn old science on its head. Old science is three-dimensional, or four if we had time, and limited to the physical senses. We're developing new models of science that consider n dimensions as n approaches infinity. Today we have a great guest, Dr. Shelley Joy, who's done some fascinating research. and has a great new book out called The Electromagnetic Brain. Shelley, how are you? I'm fine, and I'm happy to be talking with you right now. Well, it's our pleasure to have you here. It's really our honor. I'm really enjoying your book. It's really a fascinating read, The Electromagnetic Brain. We usually start by asking our guests to tell us about the back, your background and what kind of research you did in your life experiences that led you on this journey, which led to you writing books about this fascinating, actually fascinating set of topics. So could we start there, please? Well, I'll start it. Okay, well, um... I began, I guess, uh, my early my childhood. I was fascinated by by science fiction and science fiction movies. So um, I gravitated toward science, and I was very studious. And and um, I ended up studying, uh, beginning to study uh, physics and mathematics uh, on a physics scholarship at Rice University. And um, I, I anticipated to eventually get a PhD and and go on to maybe become a research scientist and an inventor. But something very strange happened uh, after my third year of uh, engineering school. I had shifted from physics into electrical engineering because I found uh, electricity so fascinating that it was invisible and it was powerful force and and pretty much uh, just totally amazing. Uh, 
especially when I saw science fiction movies and all the big electron uh, apparatuses and things. But anyway, I had married an artist uh, in college, and uh, we went to California in the summer uh, before my final year, and I got talked into taking LSD on the beach at night. So uh, I had read that uh, uh, in Life magazine that people claimed to be able to talk to God, you know, when they took LSD. So I thought, well, I'm a scientist, and uh, I want to try everything, so, you know, I, I just did it. And it just opened my my entire awareness to something I had never considered before, which is the whole subject of consciousness. What is what is this consciousness, and, and uh, how does it fit into science? How can it be explained by physics and electrical engineering? And I was positive it had something to do with electromagnetic fields, uh, because of all the things I saw and felt uh, during that night. So uh, I went back to to, uh, to my final year of engineering school with the intention of uh, making the study of consciousness my lifelong study. And uh, I soon found there was very little in that field because uh, hard physicists and scientists thought that uh, consciousness was something that psychologists studied. But psychologists generally didn't have enough math and physics to uh, relate it to hard science. So um, I spent the next 20 or 30 years pretty much studying on my own, trying to find a rare few people interested in consciousness and the physics of consciousness. Um, there are a lot more to these days. In the last 10 years, there are more scientists becoming somewhat interested in consciousness, but still we're on the brink of this a fascinating new field. This really is new frontier. Uh, you're absolutely correct. It's um, it's the most amazing thing, and, and uh, I'm just happy to have been a part of it, and I've been able to write, uh, in the last four years, I've written 15 books on consciousness and, uh, and physics and metaphysics. And I say metaphysics because I also uh, got very interested in mysticism and studied as much as I could from different cultures because really the mystics were the engineers of consciousness, uh, in, 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 uh, up to now at least. Um, they, they study consciousness to figure out what can be done with it. Um, much like engineers study the laws of physics to figure out what one can do with it. So I think we're on the verge of a whole new revolution in understanding the physics of consciousness and uh, perhaps building devices that help us uh, amplify our brain waves and uh, give us new new capabilities that were unheard of, you know, much like, uh, I really do think it will be a huge revolution, much like the digital revolution has, that has occurred in the last uh, 20 years. So I guess uh, I could talk a lot more about my history, but I'm sure you want to get on to something else. Uh, you can read some of my biography and some of my books. Sure, sure. Now, I think it's really fascinating. You know, I, I saw a film years ago, made way back in 1949, called Forbidden Planet. You mentioned science fiction. Yes. Did you see Forbidden Planet. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really fascinating because they talked about the idea they came to this planet, these astronauts, they landed, and the, the crawl, this earlier civilization, had developed this amplification machine, which amplified the energy field of the mind to such an extent they had vastly creative power. So that the father of this young lady who the, the captain of the astronauts was attracted to was angry at this man. So his monsters from the it, as it were, were created 
as these monsters attacking the camp. It's fascinating because they talked about the idea that the mind is energy, the mind can generate actual manifestations in the physical world and also perform telepathy and things of that nature. So I'm sure you saw that movie, right? Yeah, and I think they were right on. I think they had a really great intuitive understanding of, of consciousness. Uh, whoever wrote the script, uh, the, the book was to be commended. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And during those first nights, you talked about in your book, The Electromagnetic Brain, which is really a fascinating read. You talked about your earlier experiences and your, your trips, as it were, into those other dimensions. Can you talk more about, if you can, about some of the things you experienced there? Some of you said you met entities and whatnot and had some incredible experiences. Can you tell us more about that place? Uh, well, um, I have since uh, in the first few years after I took that first LSD, I continued to explore entheogens uh, on weekends uh, at least once a month. I would try I tried different things um, from ayahuasca to uh, psilocybin. And uh, all of them act as uh, as uh, sort of uh, almost telescopes into your consciousness. They they act as uh, amplifiers. They open up a window, sometimes uncontrolled, but um, they do uh, open your awareness into uh, normal domains that you that normal consciousness doesn't ever reach. And but eventually, I got. As I read more about mysticism in uh, India and uh, China and Tibet, I realized that uh, you could actually do these things and develop your your consciousness uh, through other ways than just taking entheogens. And so I've practiced a number of different contemplative practices over the last uh, four months. So actually, I meditate every day, and um, and I've, I've discovered quite a few things which I've tried to relate in my books. Uh, where I, I do my best to communicate these things without using too much mathematics. I, I think there's a big gulf between scientists and um, even psychologists um, because of their use of mathematics is a little bit too extensive. Um, and and it, it, these things need to be translated into normal, uh, more uh, uh, terms that can be assimilated by the general public. But uh, there isn't a whole dimension of, of awareness out there that people can contact through practicing traditional contemplative practices. And um, mm-hmm. it's called the intricate order, I think, is where the energy of consciousness really resides, according to the physicist David Baum. It's everywhere. It's at the center of every point in space. It's below quantum, uh, the quantum mechanical areas. It's sub-quantum um, space, uh, uh, 10 to the minus 35 meters is called the Planck length, and it's from the center where consciousness looks out and actually projects the universe in a holographic type uh, projection. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say this, you know, because my, my main book is like 350 pages long with uh, about 80 diagrams, and it's called Subquantum Consciousness. So to describe this in a few words is... Um, it's like trying to empty the ocean with a teacup. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, we often talk about in, in quantum field psychology the idea that there's, of course, a conscious mind, which deals with the external world and the senses and so forth, and there's a subconscious mind, which is programmed by a conscious mind, which then runs the body, of course, and tends to act deductively. So where we tell the subconscious mind it will make manifest physically within the physical body and in the world around us. But at a deeper level, as you're talking about, the some quantum level, 10 to minus 35th meters, 
is the superconscious mind, which is a connection to what I would call divine consciousness, and then it ties into the metaphysics where people talk about how you can contact that energy level. And if you create a connection, you can download the superconscious mind into the conscious mind, which helps you manifest these things in the world naturally. And you don't need, of course, the drugs. Drugs can open you up to that. But many other approaches emphasize, as you mentioned, meditation, deep concentration, and that sort of approach, which is much safer, of course, and you can access the same levels. How do you feel about that? Yes, actually, that's the whole goal of, um, of most uh, uh, mystical practices, is to uh, learn how to re- relax and quiet the normal monkey mind that we use every day, the, the external mind that uh, our ego works in, that's uh, pretty much like a laptop computer. Uh, and, to, and, to, and to quiet that down so that we can create a portal or an opening to the higher consciousness at much deeper levels. And at, at, at some point, that higher consciousness will start flowing like electromagnetic energy flowing your, your uh, awareness. And you're, you actually connect with that one uh, deep, uh, powerful self. There's really only one one consciousness in the universe at a very deep level, and that consciousness though comes out uh, much like a, a colander. You know, if you have a, if you're trying to dry cabbages in a colander, there's hundreds of little tiny holes in it. Well, consciousness is like that, and, and each one of us is like a separate tiny hole that that one consciousness is poking through, is, is flowing out of. And so we tend to think that we're all separate. But we really come from that one self. Carl Jung called it the self with a capital S. So the source of consciousness is so powerful that if we're able to open up to it, if we're able to learn how to uh, create a portal or an opening and let that flow through us, not only will we, we become more healthy, but we'll become uh, part of the, the, the larger self. And uh, it opens us up to knowledge and and also certain supernatural powers that uh, a lot of yogis talk about um, right. that I find fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. You think about the avatars throughout history who I believe did that, who were able to do the transfiguration or transfer themselves into, transform themselves into a much higher energy being who could create incredible miracles upon Earth and do tremendous things, showing people that they are not unique but that everybody can do the same thing if they do the work to get there. But as you mentioned, that monkey mind gets in the way. That's also controlled by the lower thoughts and emotions, the uh, lower fixations upon fear and anxiety and guilt and so forth. And many people get trapped. And I've been a therapist for many years. We often deal with exactly that. People come in trapped in a constellation of delusion. They're locked into their own electromagnetic energy field, which they can't see beyond, which they need to work through and release in order to be able to tap those deeper levels. How do you feel about that? Yes, uh, definitely. Um... Uh, unfortunately, our, our current civilization so full of social media and everything, and so full of words. You see words everywhere on billboards. You hear words. You hear podcasts, and um, actually take you away from the portal to this, this higher, deeper level. Um, so it really takes a lot of practice, especially in the beginning, if someone uh, uh, starts to practice meditation. Uh, in any any school of meditation, pretty much teaches you the same thing, or tries to teach you to, to actually sit down and practice on a regular basis, hopefully daily, maybe several times a day. Um, when I used to work in an office, I would uh, at the top of the hour, every hour, I would try to.
close my eyes and empty my mind, make it very quiet for at least 60 seconds. And you can't imagine how hard that is in the beginning for people to, to just uh, let their mind coast and be open and listen. Because there's, our mind is like an inbox of so many layers of things waiting to pop out. Like, you know, what am I going to do for dinner? Or uh, what does my boss think about me? And uh, when is my next vacation? And I mean, all kinds of things. And so our minds, uh, as they're conditioned by our educational system, really much make it very difficult to get quiet. But it's an art and a skill, and it's something that you must practice on a regular basis. It's just quieting your mind down and listening, and listening for something that's coming through from that opening to the higher levels. Um, I encourage anybody to try meditation, uh, uh, you know, within your own religion or, or cultural context, because you'll see the benefits very quickly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of folks now are doing an approach called mindfulness, which has to do with that recentering your mind, not getting stuck in various fixations in the past or worries and fears and expectancies of a negative sort of the future, but constantly recenter and come back to a relaxed place where you can kind of pause and recreate what you're doing for the moment, which reminds me of Richard Alpert's work called Be Here Now, a book going back to the 60s and 70s. He was a Harvard professor. He did something very similar, took some hallucinogenics and so forth, and went to India and transformed what he was doing and wrote some books about uh, the explorations of higher consciousness. It also ties into Carl Castaneda's book, The Teachings of Don Juan, his whole series, where they talk about turning off the internal dialogue within, where you stop running all these subroutines, like you just mentioned, of the mind, constantly pestering us. There's all sorts of illusions put out by the media and so forth and people around us. But being able to recenter, we can access those deeper levels. How do you feel about that? Yes, for sure. Um, to access the deeper levels, you have to uh, develop the skill of, of quieting down your, your cognitive verbal mind, especially the verbal mind, uh, but also memories. Uh, you know, the entire, uh, I call it the Lapicop, uh, uh meat brain, which we work through, uh, our consciousness flows through it, and we think that that's all there is. But when you're able to really quiet it down, um, you know, like at night, dreaming is, is a prime example. Almost everybody, I'm sure everybody dreams at some time or another. Um, it's hard to remember them sometimes, but that's a little bit of getting your toe wet, uh, you know, because your mind is normally shut down, and now you're able to bring in things beyond your mind. And the dreams that we have are like um, little scenarios that come from the universe of consciousness that we happen to tune into, just like your channel surfing on your uh, on your broadband uh, uh, it, network. Um, and so, if people can do it uh, with with uh, with intention, intentional uh, shut down the mind and listening, they may, they will make really quick uh, strides to begin to feel the ex- the flow of that extra energy that comes in. Um, I think Nikola Tesla was uh, someone who worked that way. Uh, he would say that he would get his greatest ideas when he just sat very quietly. And, um, of course, he was really in tune with electrical energy, electromagnetic energy, which is also, I believe, consciousness. Raw consciousness is electromagnetic fields in motion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tesla's a fascinating guy. Like we talked about him in our film, The Endless Question, where his thoughts and ideas paralleled the findings in the precepts of quantum field psych, where he would talk about exactly that, that he would be able to access his higher levels 
And by deep concentration, quieting the mind, he could concentrate so intensely. He talked about he could create a motor in his mind and run it for months and observe the friction upon the parts of the motor and see the wear and the tear. He often said he could visualize objects more clearly at times than the actual physical world around him. It was so intense. It's really amazing. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, um, you know, I, I've always been fascinated by electromagnetic fields and electromagnetism itself. And um, in studying consciousness and psychology, I, I soon discovered that almost all of uh, the search for consciousness is being done by looking at neurons, neurons fire, the, the, uh, the biological neurons in our brain. And uh, I think that's really a mistake because consciousness predates the neurons. Consciousness was there before the human organism began to evolve. And uh, I, I think uh, consciousness is a much deeper and wider uh, phenomena than, uh, than neurons firing. So uh, I'm just hoping that uh, science, this big ship of science, will begin to steer a little bit away from putting all their eggs in that one basket of thinking consciousness is something new that is generated by the neurons in the brain. Whereas consciousness is what created the entire universe, the entire cosmos, and it comes from this other dimension, these other dimensions. Actually, there's, there's more than one dimension of consciousness. Um, there's something called string theory in physics that posits 11 dimensions. And we normally only think about uh, the three dimensions of space, you know, the X, Y, Z axis, and time, the time axis. So that's four dimensions. So almost all of our modern science is a physical science and only deals, uh, deal with the four dimensions of space and time. And they only use, uh, uh, refer to the other dimensions when they're trying to interpret uh, particle physics experiment results. Yes, exactly. Yeah, really it's fascinating. I think the science, and I agree with you 100%, science has been fixated upon the three-dimensional field in doing empirical research, whereas those of us who do more axiomatic thinking, we do more inductive thinking, we look at the, the phenomena there, try to induct, well, what's running all this at a higher level? And if you look at metaphysical texts, they certainly agree with what you're saying, that consciousness goes back to the beginning, that every cell, every part of us conscious in it at, at a certain level, that we as human beings are self-aware and self-conscious, which makes us unique, which gives us a unique access to those powers to use those in this world and bring them forth. In our next segment, a few minutes, I want to get into some of his experiences and whatnot. And folks, this is Dr. Ron Dariple with Mind Shock, bringing you today a really fascinating researcher, Dr. Shelley Joy, who has done great, great work in this field, has a great book, Electromagnetic Brain, and many other books, talking about consciousness. He's studied a lot of physics, mathematics, and so forth. He's brought forth some fascinating ideas to the world. We'll be back here in a few moments with uh, Dr. Joy. Folks, hang on. We'll be right back. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. 
ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, Build muscle or just live healthy. Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business, and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery, a powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember, positive impacts. www.healthylife.net Ron Dalrymple back with Mind Shock and our fascinating guest today, Dr. Shelley Joy, from some fascinating books about the power of the mind, like magnetic brains, a lot of research, fascinating, fascinating work. Shelley, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you, now, bringing together your, your, your great research in math and physics and the, the higher mind and consciousness, a lot of folks have had telepathic experiences or paranormal experiences. Now, some of these, of course, are very personal. I don't want to ask you anything too personal, but is there anything about that that you could relate to us from either your experience or other people you know about telepathic or paranormal experiences? Telepathic and paranormal. Well, um, well, when I when I meditate, actually, I do go, go to a, uh, about 15 or 20 minutes into my meditation, I reach a stage where I feel that I've um, connected with the Internet, not Internet, but Internet. I feel like I've, um, I, 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 I believe, much like uh, you know, T.R. Deschardins and others, that, that there's a collective consciousness around the planet Earth, or in the planet Earth. And this collective consciousness, uh, he calls the noosphere. Uh, the Russian Vladimir Vernatsky also... There's the, the geosphere, you know, the, the geological structures. There's the biosphere of uh, animals and plants. And, and then there's the noosphere is a consciousness level that is a collective consciousness. So I'm fascinated by the idea of, of collective consciousness and how it affects uh, not only uh, uh, our planet but the societies that we live in. So it, it, it even uh, takes on political ramifications. There's a collective consciousness, almost like a personality, that's living 
what we call it living, but it's living without biology. It's electromagnetic life. It's a collective consciousness. So you can see that in uh, any group, any sort of group uh, uh, consciousness, like uh, say uh, you know the Democratic Party or the Republican Party or, or church groups or uh, football teams. Um, this collective consciousness is, consists of uh, uh, an integration of all the people who think uh, along the same lines, and it becomes a higher level of personality. Um, uh, it, it's, uh, it's something that's alive. And so when I meditate, I'm able to uh, connect to some of these higher levels, and it's, it's not, uh, not only like the collective living consciousness that's happening right now, but within that consciousness are people who have died, who have passed away, uh, people who you've read books about or whatever. You can actually reach out and actually touch their awareness. You can feel it with your heart. Uh, and I'm just expressing my own subjective feelings here, my own experiences, that there really is a living presence that when you're able to shut down your computer laptop monkey mind, and uh, I, I think it works best for most people in the dark, in the silence in the dark when you're meditating, you reach out and open yourself to, say, your ancestors who have passed away, you know, your grandparents and your grandparents and people of... Uh, uh, people you've loved, you can actually feel them. You can actually almost um, um, contact them through resonance. It's called electromagnetic resonance that, you know, you've been close to them before and you know how they feel uh, subconsciously. You have this internal uh, way of connecting with them and, and sensing them and, and feeling them. It's almost the way you can communicate with your animals, like your cat. You develop an empathy, an empathic communication with, it, with an animal. It's more feeling than words. It's more feeling than logic. Uh, it, you feel the reality of it. So when you meditate, you're able to actually get in touch with a lot of other consciousnesses, and you're able to tune your mind. Actually, my first book is called Tuning the Mind. You're able to tune your mind into resonating with, in, uh, intentionally resonating with people and, and even groups of people that you have uh, become familiar with. And you're not only communicating with them, but you're adding to their energy. You're adding to that electromagnetic field. You know, there's 7 billion people right now on the planet Earth. Every heartbeat puts out 5 watts of energy, 5 watts of electromagnetic energy. So if you multiply 5 watts times 7 billion, you get an enormous amount of energy that's, uh, that's, that's flooding the noosphere, that's creating and energizing what is called the noosphere of consciousness. And um, on our converse, you know, there's, there's the 50 million people who vote for a certain candidate. They also coalesce uh, uh, in the noosphere. Their energy gets together and becomes like one personality, one entity. And that can be really dangerous, you know. Uh, uh, that's probably what causes a lot of wars and conflict because um, people tend to just bind together in one group uh, and they think that everybody outside the group is not connected to them. But if you go a little bit deeper, you find that everything is really connected and, and, you, and you really don't have to differentiate into separate groups. I think uh, as people learn more about consciousness and science uh, develops more understanding of the physics of consciousness, this may go a long way to healing 
all of the, the hatred and anger and uh, conflict uh, between different uh, conscious entity groups in the noosphere. So I don't know if that helps answer that question a little bit or not. I have a new book that's coming out that explains a lot more of my own experiences. Uh, it'll come out in the fall uh, from Inner Traditions, and it's called Tantric Psychophysics. Tantric Psychophysics. And it combines all of the teachings of uh, mystical uh, in, a, in a way that um, is explained by, by physics and science and gives basic uh, guidelines to integrate them all. Because this is what we really need. We need one integrated approach to religion and, and philosophy um, that you find in, in science. Uh, right now, uh, philosophies and religions are so separate um, if science fields were separate, we wouldn't have made as great strides as we have recently because science is connected. Even though it's only dealing with the external world of space and time, and hasn't really gotten into metaphysics. So, so I'm quite optimistic that uh, the near future will bring uh, uh, really positive things happening. You know, no pain, no gain. And right now our planet is going through a lot of pain. Our culture, our, our politics, everything is very painful. But I think that's like uh, when a baby is born, you know, the, the, the first step is the, the, the mother feels a lot of pain because it's painful to have a new birth, to have a new ideas ripping out of, of the womb. Um, but once the baby is born, suddenly they go, oh, my God, what a surprise. This is a whole new beginning, a whole new life. And I think this is going to happen to our society and our culture as we mm -hmm. learn more about the mysteries of consciousness. Yeah, no, that's really amazing because that's exactly what quantum field psychology is all about, the attempt to integrate all the major fields of psychology. We tied it into topological mathematics, calculus, and quantum ideas, and Eastern and Western philosophies to create a new paradigm of thought to do exactly what you're talking about, to try to integrate all the world religions and concepts and philosophies and politics to end the tribal thinking, to end the wars, to end the influence of lower consciousness, which has run the world for a long time. But, yeah, I think we definitely as a noosphere, we all tie into a consciousness, and that you were talking earlier about groupthink. Groupthink certainly pertains to Congress and other groups and whatnot to get to a certain entrained type of thinking, which then creates obviously aberrational type of behavior at times. But if we can realign all that to do very positive thought, loving thought, higher spiritual loving thought, we can help recreate the planet to make it a beautiful world, which it is supposed to be, once we do that work, it's a lot of work to get there, as you said. Okay. All right. Anyway, so today, we're, folks, we're here today, Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock, talking to a fascinating deep thinker, philosopher, physicist, scientist, Dr. Shelley George, and some fascinating, fascinating books, which I highly recommend you check out to look into. They're really intriguing. We're talking about uh, consciousness and how it ties into physics and math, all sorts of intriguing things. So we're going to take a break here for a few moments. We're here today with Mind Shock, Dr. Ron Dalrymple, folks. Please hang with us. We'll be right back. Here's a fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind, stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. You'll develop your thinking power and your skills 
and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with the step-by-step guide. So get Eight Days to Creative Power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything. And once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Back today, Dr. Ryan Dalrymple in Mind Shock with Dr. Shelley Joy, fascinating, fascinating person, author, researcher, who's written a lot of great books about consciousness, how it ties into physics and the physical sciences, which is really unique because many folks in this area do not do that. He integrates the two together. I think it's really fascinating. So let me ask you, Shelley, first off, welcome back. We're great having you here today. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Now, of course, a lot of folks worked on a unified field theory. But I made the point in quantum fields like that we really can't do that unless we consider the aspect that consciousness is universal, that ties everything together, that energy fields are link everything together, as you mentioned, kinetic energy in these worlds and tied into our thought energy. But a lot of approaches put forth by other folks like Stephen Hawking and so forth, Einstein looked at this for years and didn't quite find it, but that's because they left out exactly what we're talking about today. How do you feel about that, please? You know, they left out consciousness. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, unfortunate that Stephen Hawking, I never read anything he wrote about consciousness. He just wasn't interested because I think it has to do because the, the, the way modern science works is it's kind of like Legos. It's built upon building blocks. And you have to, you can't go forward unless you connect to the previous, the previous blocks that are already built. And so uh, they never did start out with dealing with consciousness. In fact, the, uh, the first, one of the first libraries in Greece uh, uh, about 3,000 years ago, um, they were trying to figure out how to organize the books on the shelves. So physics came first, physics uh, which included math and science and measuring things. And then they said everything after physics, uh, we'll, we'll put everything else after physics on the shelf. That's called metaphysics. 
So there is physics and metaphysics. Metaphysics means, you know, after physics or, or you know. Sure. And so uh, science has really proceeded in, in that way by um, not really trying to study uh, philosophy or psychology. Well, psychology is has become somewhat of a science, but not as much as the hard sciences of physics and math and engineering. Um, so it's pretty much left out of the education. In fact, when I studied electrical engineering, there wasn't enough room in the curriculum for me to study philosophy and, and English literature and things like that in the normal curriculum of an engineer. They stuffed you so full of math and, and uh, you know, rotate, rotating uh, uh, mechanisms and things that you had to study. So it took me five and a half years to get my uh, electrical engineering degree because I, I spent basically the next year and a half during that time taking uh, uh, courses that normally science science students wouldn't be able to even look at. And uh, I think this, uh, I'm hoping this changes a little bit, but it seems that in our modern educational systems, everything is so specialized, it's going to be a little bit difficult to 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 change things, you know, there's so much to learn in so little time. Um, but there are a lot of books like your books and my books going out there that are uh, accessible to a lot of engineers and scientists also who hopefully you won't dismiss them and might find them uh, eye-opening so that we can get consciousness back into the, the basic understanding as, as one of the fundamental aspects of, of reality. Um, yes. Exactly. No, I think you're exactly right. And talking about metaphysics, there are many approaches that go back allegedly thousands of years. I read accounts that in India, there were the Siddhas 12,000 years ago who taught these concepts of the higher mind and how to manifest things, how to develop those higher conscious powers. Other sources say it goes back to Atlantis, that folks you know, believe that concept. That 45,000 years ago, for example, that Osiris was a, a ruler in Atlantis who had developed those powers and that Atlantis misused the forces, as you mentioned earlier, there's a powerful entraining or group think effect where those higher creative powers are misused, which then destroyed that continent. And there's evidence, of course, of many prior civilizations around the world. Some sources claim that there have been four prior civilizations. We're the fifth. We're also in danger of self-destruction because of nuclear weapons and you know, primitive thinking and so forth, tribal thinking, and all that needs to end. So this time around, we need to make it work where we organize the world to accept these ideas and to realize there's much more to it than just the physical world. And some of, there are great sources out there in metaphysics that people can study which can help awaken that understanding. Uh, I mentioned before, of course, Don Juan and his, his works, all that was based upon ingesting hallucinogenics, and we talked about we can also do this by deep meditation. Many yoga approaches can do that. There's also a lot of Rosicrucian groups. There's some seven of those in the world. I had the opportunity to study almost all the works of four of those. I was doing the same thing you did. I was in math and physics. I realized, well, this isn't giving me the answers. So I studied a lot of modern-day psychology, and I realized, well, these aren't giving me the answers. So I had to keep work, working and keep looking. I traveled the world for many years after college. We are going back to grad school in psychology in 1980 to study different cultures. And it really is amazing. We have to do that exploration to find out what else is out there. And some of these metaphysical approaches give some really fascinating cosmologies, which I highly recommend folks read to help link all these things together. But I think you're, you're, right on, you're right on the path there, and you've got exactly the right idea that to bring the world together to a higher level of comprehension, linking all these fields together because they all are linked by conscious. We're all tied to each other by these energy fields and to that higher source. How do you feel about all that? 
Yeah, I think I think one of the one of the major ways that this is happening is the uh, the integration of East and West, Eastern and Western thoughts. We think of the Western society and culture uh, as as pretty much the scientific, uh, rational approach, whereas Eastern philosophy and Eastern cultures, a lot of uh, modern scientists have, uh, for years, kind of looked down on Indian yogis and uh, uh, Chinese Taoists and uh, uh, things like that. But actually, the Indian yogis and the Chinese Taoists, they were very brilliant people who were the scientists of consciousness. They really, uh, they realized that there was much more of the world than the material world of space and time, and so they began to look inward and to explore the inward dimensions, the inner dimensions that lead to higher levels of consciousness and and, and mysterious powers, so to speak. And so um, my, my task for the last 20 or 30 years has been trying to extract um, useful information from traditional metaphysical teachings and 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 uh, support them with what I know from science and electromagnetic fields uh, and physics uh, because there's a lot of data there that has been gleaned by Indian yogis and uh, and Taoists and, um, uh, and but it, unfortunately most modern Western scientists lump that all together as mysticism and they sort of look down their nose on it that oh it's superstition you know it's superstition that you can meditate and have some experience that's uh, that's valid and in fact uh, the whole uh, in psychology uh, I know you're a psychologist but our, our great uh, the father of um, American psychology was William James a hundred years ago his main tool was called introspection and he developed a way of uh, washing his own mind much like meditating to understand consciousness well when when uh, uh, the 30s broke out, and they started doing uh, uh, psychology with Pavlov and uh, and conditioning, reflexes, and things like that. They dropped the whole idea of introspection. They said, no, introspection is kind of woolly and mystical, and we won't do that anymore. But I think just recently, introspection is coming back uh, into uh, being accepted by Western psychologists doing research, um, especially because of uh, psychedelics and, uh, you know, entheogens. Uh, beginning to show great benefits in lots of ways. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned where mindfulness now is a, is a big thing. A lot of folks are writing about that, and it goes back to Richard Alfred's book called Be Here Now, the same concept, which also goes back to Wilhelm Wundt. In 1879, created the first psychology laboratory in Leipzig, Germany. We find the, the study of consciousness actually going back to Aristotle, Plato, and Socrates. We have some references, and of course, going back allegedly to far greater civilizations in time. So, yeah, he's been around for a long time. And, folks, today we're here on Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock. We have a fascinating guest, Dr. Shelley Joy. Now, Dr. Joy, could you please tell folks where they can find your works and find you to contact you? Well, uh, you can find my 15 books on Amazon.com if you search for the name Joy, J-O-Y-E, Shelly Joy, S-H-E-L-L-I. Uh, and I also have a website that has a lot of material, including about 15 uh, interviews that recorded. A lot of my paintings, I'm also a painter, and it lists most of my books. It's called ShellyJoy.net, S-H-E-L-L-I-J-O-Y-E. .net, and um, 
Uh, if you want to uh, contact me, there's an email address on my website where you can leave messages, and I'm really happy to answer questions and dialogue with people. I love email, and I have a lot of people who I've never met who write me and ask me questions, and I'm happy to uh, I'd like to reach out. I'm kind of a hermit up here on the mountain in Northern California in the Cascades. I'm about five miles from the from a big volcano that's an active volcano. It's not very active right now, but um, it's called Mount Lassen in Shasta County. And uh, so my social uh, activities are answering email. So please go to my website, ShellyJoy.net, and, and send me a, a, a message. <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. I'm sure all folks want to do that. We'd love to have you back on the show again. It's been a fascinating conversation. We just barely, I know, touched the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more here to talk about with you. And perhaps we can have you back when your new book comes out. Well, thank you. And I'm looking forward to reading your book and watching your film today. If I can find it on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's free on Amazon Prime, The Endless Question. The Endless, yeah, okay. The Endless Question. Thank you very much for being here. We loved having you as a guest. It's been our honor to have you here. He's a deep, profound thinker. Thank you very much. I highly recommend your works to our entire audience. Thanks well, thank you. Talk to you again. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throwing a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love, and you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted, licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on Rock.com now. Quantum Field Psychology 2nd Edition is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, Western, and Eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, second edition, by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net.
again, Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock. We're just talking to Dr. Shelley Joy, a fascinating person who's written a brilliant book called The Electromagnetic Brain and lots of other books we just learned about. And this individual has done work that is uh, really fascinating, tying together physics with mathematics, with higher consciousness, which is very much in tune with our works called quantum field psychology. Now, many theories of consciousness are based on three-dimensional world, whereas we need n-dimensional space where there are many more dimensions to it. Shelley mentioned that in a string theory there are 11 dimensions and whatnot. Well, we talk about n dimensions beyond the physical world because in the world of, of mind, the main levels that go through levels of concrete thinking and then the abstract thinking and the higher levels into spiritual thought where the laws of physics are no longer the same but work very, very differently. We talked about in the earlier show with some other guests. In any case, many theories of consciousness today, as Shelley mentioned, are based upon kind of like Legos or a tier method where new research is based upon prior research, so it often doesn't go far afield into different paradigms. When you combine the physical sciences with the psychological sciences, with philosophy, with metaphysics, with Eastern and Western concepts, we can create a whole new paradigm where we link together science with spirit. So the concept of quantum field psychology is to be a new theory which links together called a bridge theory and also a theory of everything because a theory of everything must incorporate the idea of consciousness or else it just doesn't get it because the entire universe is filled with conscious, all molecules, all atoms, everything. Certainly human beings have a much more evolved state of consciousness because we are self-aware and self-directed with energy. We don't only create things by the law of attraction but by literally the laws of creation, which can be developed as the conscious energy field takes on much greater energy. That's substantiated by much work by those who research in metaphysics. In any case, metaphysics studies conscious as a spiritual force which transcends the physical brain. The idea is that all cells have consciousness, all matter has consciousness, but ours is very different. Now, Shelley also made a point in the documentary brain that consciousness connects through the bloodstream. There's a really fascinating amount of research, and this is also referred to in ancient metaphysical texts, that consciousness works through the blood, that oxygen and other energies in the so-called ether connect to the erythrocytes, who have a toroidal structure, which carries consciousness through it, and that when we lose blood, of course, we lose consciousness, and eventually a person can lose life. Many ancient metaphysical texts state that consciousness does work through the blood. In quantum field psych, we talk about the body, the human body gets a chance for our spiritual entity, our conscious entity, to experience the physical world, to learn how to create and matter, and to evolve that state of consciousness to a higher level through what's called the self-fulfilling prophecy, what we dwell upon, what we think about, we create in our world, and it reflects back to us. We often make the mistake of thinking that what we've created, therefore, is a concrete reality, when in fact it's very fluid. In fact, consciousness is very fluid, and Shelley makes that point also. It's a very fluid state, discussing the world as electromagnetic in nature. I think that's certainly true up to certain levels of consciousness, but beyond that, in the spiritual world, the, the laws apparently work differently. So they exactly follow the same laws like magnetism, but Shelley's exactly right, I believe, that in terms of the levels we reach in usual consciousness, it does work by those types of principles. In any case, really a fascinating discussion. Now, we talk about these also, folks, in some of our works, quantum field psychology, which is written for that very reason, to integrate the worlds of, again, psychology together with math and physics, topological math, calculus, and quantum ideas. We show that it all makes sense. There's a bridge to reconnecting science with spirit and so forth. We put these together into a new film called The Endless Question, which is free on Amazon Prime. It's a two-hour documentary. Again, The Endless Question. Our other books are Eight Days of Creative Power, about developing creative power, 
The Inner Manager, which is a short course in mind development, creativity, imagination, so forth. Another book is called the I Love You, God, which is about aphorisms of higher consciousness where you can tie into those higher thoughts and bring those into your conscious world. We often talk about part of the goal is to download the superconscious mind into the conscious mind, or we might call it uploading because Shelley talks about that 10 to minus 34 meters is a higher state, we believe a very, very high frequency state, very tiny, tiny wavelength, and therefore very high frequency. These energies work through, that might be the portal through which the superconscious mind enters into the physical world. It's a fascinating work Shelley talks about in the book, Looking at Brain. Again, folks, Dr. Ron Dalrymple here of MindShock. Please check out Shelley's work and our work on Amazon and, of course, you know, let's question Amazon Prime. Next week we have more guests, more fascinating stuff coming up. We've got a lot of great people coming to the show, folks, so please stay tuned. Again, Dr. Ron Dalrymple of MindShock. See you next time.